Welcome back to our audience here to the Florida International University uh, Radcliffe Art and Design Incubator housed under CARTA. And I want to welcome in um, Ibu Enswa, electric vehicle expert. Talk a little bit about what you're doing with this subject. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. So like you said, my name is Ebo Nsua, and I work for a trade association called Advanced Energy Economy. We deal a lot with uh, different businesses that have uh, technologies like uh, electric vehicles, solar, um, and energy efficiency. So uh, some of the, the exciting things we're talking about today, including electric vehicles, are things that we worked hand in hand with uh, Florida, the Florida Department of Transportation in terms of their uh, uh, EV roadmap and EV master plan. Okay, great. So give us a little bit one-on-one because a lot of people I think are confused at this point myself, you know, I find it intriguing the topic. So Florida, the third most, you know, populated state in the nation, over 21 million people living here and constantly people moving here do mainly fuel to the pandemic, but other factors. So tell us a little bit about the background um, to this whole electric vehicle incentives and rebates. Kind of give it, break it down for us. Yeah, no, of course. And, and I guess just even before I talk about the rebates, we should talk about the numbers. You know, um, here in Florida, there are about 9,300 Floridians who actually work in the advanced vehicle industry. And, um, you know, on a broader scale, there are about 153,000 who work in the advanced energy industry, period. So, you know, it's it, the advanced energy industry and specifically advanced vehicles really does uh, really has become such a, uh, a great job opportunity for people in the state. So, you know, one of the things that uh, we were looking at in terms of rebates and, and incentives, um, you see sometimes in other states such as Michigan, um, uh, these rebates have allowed uh, people who want to purchase their EVs to go out and um, supplement the cost. You know, and, and these are some incentives that we've seen throughout the throughout the nation and um, some that are in discussion now, especially in the state of Florida. And, you know, just in terms of the actual conversation that was going on um, a couple years ago, Governor DeSantis recently signed SB 7018 into law. And because of this, it actually um, directed the Florida Department of Transportation to create an EV master plan for the state. Excellent. So for the people that are listening, because if you lease a vehicle, you're not going to get that rebate or that incentive, correct? Is that what, what we understand? Yes, in, in some states, that is how it is. Um, and for the most part, most people who are buying uh, electric vehicles, at, at least at the beginning, were leasing, but you are seeing a lot more people doing some purchasing as well. So can we clarify what the, what the Florida proposed, I guess we, we should use that word, um, incentive plan um, or rebates uh, compared to the ones offered at the federal level? Because the ones at the federal level tell you up to 7,500, um, depending on the cost of the vehicle and the battery size. So how was that going to differ at all? Can you break it down for us as well? So it, a lot of the language that's still going on is still being written at this point. So it it's really will be up to lawmakers to see what they want to do in terms of uh, in terms of numbers. There have been some numbers that have been turned that have been um, that have been brought out that are similar to the 7,500. Um, there are some that have been similar to 4,000. Um, so it really is going to depend on what lawmakers are 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 looking at doing this legislative session and beyond. So let me tell you something fun. So, you know, I, I think when I was a kid watching the Jetsons, I thought by now in 2021, cars would be flying, right? Yep. We're talking about electric vehicles here. So let me give you a hypothetical situation. Let's say I live in a condominium. I have an electric vehicle. Okay. I have to charge it in the condominium. And this is gonna go straight to the topic about the skyrocketing of gas prices everywhere, right? So mm -hmm. what is the, the cost analysis here or efficiency, if that's the right word, 
of the electricity that it takes up. Is my bill gonna go up? Is the building's electric bill gonna go up? And how does that make me save any money if I'm not using gas? Like, kind of give us an overview. Yeah, so so your electric bill in that case would not go up. In fact, it's actually kind of beneficial to the grid itself. Um, you know, uh, depending on how your condominium or, or depending on how your utility is set up, um, there are a lot of different uh, um, pilot programs that are being put in place to kind of supplement um, supplement the uh, the stress on the grid. So in that case, your electricity bill doesn't won't necessarily shoot up. It may be a little bit higher, but it won't necessarily shoot up like uh, some people uh, some people claim to say. Um, and you know, it, it really is. Uh, you look at the cost of electricity, especially in terms of you know buying vehicles and buying batteries, and the parity has actually gotten so much better in the last couple of years. Um, you know, you're looking at uh, batteries that may have cost over a couple grand five, ten years ago that are now maybe around seventy to eighty bucks. You know, so so the, the, definitely the parity in terms of uh, electric batteries is is has improved so much within the last five to ten years. So what do you tell the people that tell, and I have this conversation um, with about electric vehicles, right? So what do you tell those folks out there that say, well, you know, the electric vehicles may not necessarily have to pay for tolls and things like that as part of these incentives slash rebates that are going to be offered, right? Mm -hmm. what, what do you tell those folks, those people that own regular cars with gas? <laughs> you hear this, you hear this conversation a lot, um, especially nowadays, depending on, um, depending on the state's adoption, uh, depending on the state's adoption level, um, you know, a lot of people are kind of like, oh, well, you know, EVs need to, you know, they need to pay their own share, you know, they don't contribute to the gas tax, but, you know, they do contribute to state revenues um, through different other fees, you know, whether it's registration fees, whether it's tolls, and even through the taxes that they pay on the electricity they use. Um, and, you know, it is important to note that, you know, if EVs are currently relatively new to the state of Florida, and they actually do make up a very small portion. Um, so it, we need to make sure that if we are putting a fee in, it is one that is actually treating drivers fairly and not just the punitive fee that's come out. Um, you know, there are a number of different organizations that have been working on some type of formula that can ensure that EV drivers are actually treated fairly and are they're actually being charged a, an equivalent amount that they would pay in gas taxes that are at the current rate. Um, because we've seen that in some other states that where punitive fees, whether it's $250, $350 have been put in place, um, you know, the next year, EV adoption and also EV sales plummeted greatly. So we need to make sure that we, whatever fee that we are putting forward, we need to make sure that it's actually fair um, and it's actually uh, accurate in comparison to the, uh, the same thing that the gas prices are driving. Talk a little bit about the environmental impact because people, the, the ones that are out there trying to save the environment and the global crisis, right? With everything that's happening, what do you say to about the batteries? Because at some point, if you know, do they die? Do people get rid of them? Like, talk a little bit about that. So there's actually a lot of di new different um, technologies that are coming forward in terms of batteries, whether it's making them interchangeable, whether it's making them, um, whether it's making, you know, renewing them and get, making them able to use, uh, be able to use repeatedly. Um, so you are seeing that kind of technology happening. But in general, you know, electric vehicles are, are a lot more um, environmentally friendly than um, than your in ICE or uh, internal combustion engine vehicles. Um, and, you know, uh, some of the other things that you know we look at in terms of these vehicles is you know with electric vehicles you're not doing all this different maintenance on it you know you're not you don't have to get an oil change every every couple of months 
because you know you don't have to do uh, some of these other um, regular maintenance uh, maintenance checkups that you would be doing because you know, there's no uh, there's no gas in that vehicle. You know, so though there's a, a lot of different um, different uh, benefits that you can see from using an electric vehicle in comparison to a to an ICE or internal combustion engine vehicle. So I kind of took a glance at who's making electric vehicles and more and more car makers are now offering them. For example, um, you know, I own a, a Cadillac, it's, it's gas. It's one of those SUVs, but now they've come up with the Lyric, which they are launching and it's already, I think, really well sold, um, you know, as, as a pre-order. So talk a little bit about the increase in these car makers coming up with a version of, of, the, of the electric vehicle. Um, in the next few years. How many yeah. do we have out? Do you have that number? Do we know? Yeah, so I believe right now we have about 38, I want to say. Um, I, I believe we have about 38 different models across um, across different automobile uh, manufacturers that are going electric. But you know, so many, like you said, so many have already made announcements, whether it's Volvo, whether it's GM, whether it's Ford, even Volkswagen, they all have set uh, and pledged a, 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 a basically a set year that they want to have the majority of their um, vehicles adopted to be electric vehicles. So, you know, the, the future of EVs is coming and we just need to make sure that we as a state in Florida are prepared, um, are prepared and are being proactive to receive it. So anything you want to add before we kind of break away from this um, innovative and technology driven conversation on electric vehicles? Yeah, you know, so it's going to be very important um, this upcoming legislative session and beyond to make sure that we have proactive language coming out. You know, some of the other things that were present in the EV roadmap were um, modernizing uh, EV procurement rules for state and government fleets, um, you know, streamlining local permitting for EV chargers, and also removing illegal and institutional barriers um, for installing um, electric vehicle chargers and infrastructure at rest areas in the state. You know, you see uh, one of the benefits that you see actually, especially throughout the state of Florida that we've seen, we've seen it in Orlando and we've seen it in Broward County, are you're seeing a lot more public-private partnerships between um, the state or between counties and cities and also between private organizations and utilities. So, you know, these are going to be very important, especially when we talk about funding these programs and about making sure that uh, um, the infrastructure is in place to benefit those who want to use it. So do we, do we have a number of how many charging stations there are in Florida so far? For example, I live in Broward County. I know in the Pembroke Gardens Mall, there's a charging station next to one of the restaurants. I've seen that. Yep, yep. So yep. there, we do have a number. I may have to go back and get that number for you so you can put it in. But we do have an accurate number of how many chargers we have, at least at the level one, level two, and DC fast charging. So we do have an accurate number. Um, and currently we are at a level where um, where the number is adequate, but we know that we're going to have to increase it um, throughout the next couple of years to make sure that it, it's keeping up to the pace of uh, electric vehicles that are on the road. So, you know, it's fascinating to talk about the electric vehicle, you know, something that doesn't really need gas and the advantages and disadvantages in some cases, but I guess everybody's question is, and you might not have the answer, will we be seeing flying cars in the near future? <laughs> and how will they I work? So. <laughs> I really hope so. That would that would be uh, that would be nice to see. <laughs> I guess that involves uh, kind of an infrastructure, right? Overhaul to be able to have the landing areas for them, right? Yep. Exactly. That would be an even, like you said, an even bigger infrastructure. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe Thank one. Thank you so much, Ibu and Swa, for joining our conversation. Thank you so much. We welcome you back anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.